Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Fanrack Sports Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, Polly Quistel, and Elliot Niblock. We're going to take a look ahead here at what's on slate for match week 12. Man, we're only already a third of the way in almost. Yeah. That's scary. That's scary. It's going to go away soon. I don't want it to. So yeah, we're coming back here it's from... It's not a- going away until May. Like we, uh, <laughs> Winter hasn't even come yet. Yeah, and we have like the whole Boxing Day madness to look forward yes. to slash be afraid of. No. And like winter hasn't come for Arsenal either because they've managed to escape this international break without injury. For... I know. And I, I was so sure that Alexis went down after that second goal. It was like, no, it's happening. It's really happening. Well, but... Wait, wasn't Alexis what? supposed to miss like a bunch of weeks? Didn't he like get a hammy injury and, and Wenger wanted him to return to Arsenal and... Chula said no. Yeah. And then he played and played really well, but it also looked like at the end of it, he might have gone down with an injury from the replay. But I, I it, it seems as though he's he is alive. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is always a plus, having your best player alive. Yeah, that's yeah. better than the alternative. Yeah. I thought Theo Walcott was their best player. <laughs> no, the, the those halcyon days are over. We're into the choppy waters of November, remember? True, yeah. true, true. Okay, well, we're going to talk in depth about a handful of games here, and then we'll give our scoring predictions as usual. Uh, you say winter has not come yet, so what is the weather like right now in New York City? It's actually like in the 60s. Oh, man, I'm jealous. It hasn't been bad. You're jealous. Don't live in the mountain region. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's beautiful here in the summer too, but whatever. I'll actually be in Costa Rica in January, so to hell with the winter. <laughs> you're gonna wear your u.s men's national team shirt oh yeah i'm sure i'll get lots of positive comments after this week people just point and laugh <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks thanks for giving us three points <laughs> yeah but yeah. we would have appreciated you guys trying so we could have tested ourselves yeah. no we're gonna have a, a couple of warm days here in cincinnati we're gonna reach mid 70s on friday Ooh. yeah that's gonna be nice and then after that it's all downhill Sunday, going to the football game. It's going to be 41 degrees. That's going to be cold. Oh, shut up. That's not cold. Ah, it's going to be cold. Going when to the cold. wind, though, that's an open stadium that's mm-hmm. right on the water. That gets windy. I'm go- Guys, I'm going to Lambeau on Christmas Eve. Don't talk to me about cold football games. <laughs> oh, name drop. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Okay, well, let's get back to soccer. And the first game we'll talk about is the big one between Manchester United and Arsenal on Saturday. The early game there, 7.30 a.m. kickoff, Eastern Time, at Old Trafford. And, yeah, Pauly, let's get the United uh, stance on this first and foremost. Uh, do you think that the international the break... first and foremost United stance is Wayne Rooney is hungover. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> took a little bender there on the day off. I, I can appreciate that. Um, it's not his fault. He had the day off. He was with his... His Merseyside mate, Phil Jagielka, a bunch of uh, fans invited him to the uh, to a wedding. In so, Watford. Because, bec- what? In Watford, right? Wherever they were, they were like at a hotel. And it's yeah. like, if you see Wayne Rooney at a wedding, if I saw Wayne Rooney outside my wedding, I'd be like, yo, get your ass in here. Let's do some shots. <laughs> and he was photographed with two chicks, all three of them wearing wedding rings. So that's oh. hilarious. Yeah. Um, 
and he had a few too many, but who cares? It was an off day. Um, the funny part is Jose Mourinho then like criticizing the FA for allowing celebrations of the Scotland win is what the um, euphemism was post-match celebrations to get that intense as if Jose Mourinho is actually considering starting Wayne Rooney in this match. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it took away on. one of my options. I don't want to choose it. I just want it to be there. Like, if you were considering if you were considering it, like, then that's a problem for you, Jose. And if not, well, decisions made for you now, except for the fact that um, I've had brutal hangovers before, and by Saturday morning, this one should be gone and Rooney actually will be fit but nevertheless that doesn't mean you should select him yeah so do you think the international break has been a positive thing for the team overall though I mean it it, it couldn't have been any more negative than them actually playing a game with Mourinho as their manager <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um <laughs> My mind, look, you're catching me at a bad time. Yeah, My I mind can tell. Is, not, is not at its most optimistic thing. It's this isn't the most optimistic time right now for me to be thinking about the game of soccer. Yeah, I've had a rough couple of days. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I and I, I now need to turn. I now need to turn my hope and attention to probably the manager that I hate more than anybody else. In this in this uh, lovely, lovely game. Yeah, well, this is why we throw ourselves on the fortunes of things we can't control, and then go insane about it. On, complain on about it. Serious, <laughs> on a more serious note, though, and this uh, not has to do with it doesn't have to do with United and Arsenal specifically, but the Premier League as a whole, and just this time slot uh, in America. All we've heard this year, NFL ratings, they're down. Why is it down? Probably because it has, it's a crap product. Um, the NFL tried to blame the election, and then their first post-election weekend, um, the ratings were back, and they were like, oh, look, it was the election. It was like, no, you actually just had really good games this past weekend. Silently, Premier League ratings down big time also. They're down in England, and they're down in the United States. Uh, and they're down significantly in the United States. And it's weird because, yes, the United States contributes like pennies when it comes to, like in in all essence, it's not our league. England shouldn't care about us, but and they make five point what is it five point three or five point eight billion dollars or billion pounds from the domestic contract. Seb, is that right? You uh, I I don't have the numbers it's, in front of me, but I mean, it's that, a that lot sounds, of money. Yes, that sounds approximate. It's five point three or five point eight. They make mm-hmm. like three point five billion from foreign from foreign contracts. of that, or one, or at least one, and I think it's 1.2, comes from the United States. So they are getting, from anywhere outside England, we pay the most. So I'm not saying that they should cater to us, but they should look out for us every so often. And one of the reasons that ratings are down, I feel like, is because every week, the best game is at 7.30 in the morning here on Saturday morning. And I just, I find that weird. The, The, like, the premier 12.30 game this year has been, like, a lot of Southampton, a couple of Middlesbrough games, some Watford, and all the best teams seem to either seem to either be playing Friday night, which I understand why you're putting Chelsea Liverpool at Friday night. I understand why you're putting United Liverpool on a Monday on a Monday night, but all the best games somehow for some reason are just early. And wouldn't you think that contributes to the poor ratings? Yeah. 
I mean, especially coming from somebody who lives in the Mountain West, and 5.30 a.m. is a pretty hard sell, no matter what the billing is, even if it's menu or something. Oh, come on. Come on. I get it. I get it that United plays in the Europa League and uh, they have to play on Sundays most of the time, but a lot of these games are being like shoehorned into like 7 a.m. on Sunday. Like, why not just select the United game to be the 11 o'clock game that week? And or the 4 p.m. in the afternoon in England game, 11 Eastern time. It, it just doesn't – it just seems like they could do more to actually help out their own ratings. Yeah. Especially – look, the NFL is – they're tied into their schedule like back in April or March, whether they know a team's going to be good or not. The Premier League does this like two, three months in advance. Like they have the ability to, to figure out who's good and figure out when they should play them. Yeah. Uh, as for this one, the only thing that I'm – the only sense of optimism that I have is that last year uh, we let our mascot play against Arsenal and we still beat them. And uh, if you give me a second, I'm just going to try to look up when the last time Arsene Wenger beat Jose Mourinho in a league game was. Oh, God. When was the last time Arsenal won in Old Trafford? Oh, that was September 17th, 2006. Okay. Well, yeah, in the league. In the league, crucially, because yes. uh, the yes, FA Cup. Just in the FA Cup a couple of years ago, Danny Welbeck. But uh, that doesn't count. It was 2006. Yeah, okay. no, it's a, it's a maybe a monkey with a different name, but a subspecies of uh, roughly the same. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be an Arsenal fan coming into this match and be – you know, supremely full of confidence, but yet is that said, well, not, not, not supremely. <laughs> I mean, really, we'll get to our predictions later, but I mean, come on. If there's any good time to play United, it's now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but we didn't, I mean, we said similar things about the Man U Arsenal game last year at Old Trafford and look how that turned out. Yeah, that's true. So I've I I would say the best, like the fullest glass spin I can put on it, um, is cautiously optimistic, right? Especially, I mean, and so we got good news about Alexis Sanchez, right? That you know he not only was able to play and play well for Chile, but it seems that his injury, which has been kind of, you know, is it is it a hamstring tear? Is it, you know, it, who knows, but it does seem that it is not necessarily going to preclude him from being on the team sheet this weekend. But nonetheless, I would be shocked if he starts at Old Trafford. I mean, it, it would be nice to have his, him as an option coming off the bench. But, you know, Arsene Wenger used the exact word calling it suicidal for him to play for Chile to begin with. So even if he seems fine coming back, then I'm not sure you can say that he's not looking down the ledge if he's picking him at Old Trafford if he called it suicidal to be playing in World Cup qualifying for Chile. Yeah, I will say this. I've been very critical of Wenger in the past. I think he's kind of like a baby uh, about the international breaks and players playing for their international teams. It's, it's part of the job when you manage a good team. If you manage a good team with good players, your players are going to have to play for their national teams. Uh, he has every single right to be upset about the way Chile handle Alexis Sanchez. Absolutely. Uh, like, Absolutely. Chile's FA must have Sanchez's family in custody or something because it's like Sanchez could be like, sorry, guys, I'm hurting. 
no thank you and they're gonna be and they're like oh sorry you're on the team sheet you have to play now like it, no, it's see, unbelievable like no wonder the guy's always exhausted and always hurt yeah well i mean i i agree with you in part because i think that i mean i do think that yeah they pick him when for all the world to see it's ridiculous to pick him to be in the team but at the same time i think it's as much down to him as anything else i mean i think of him as like you know he's the overly exuberant Australian shepherd who could have two broken legs and you throw the stick and he's still going to be pawing after it, trying to get it and bring it back. Like he, he gives everything that he has for both club and country. But I also think that maybe Wenger is a little more cautious because, you know, for Chile, yeah, it makes sense to play him and risk him. Maybe he'll be out two months. Oh, well, he'll be back by March. Fine for us. You know, it's, it's reckless on the whole, but it's a managerial decision that you just have to admit, you know, as you said, Paulie, that if you have world-class players, then there are going to be times when the club interest and the national interests are just diametrically opposed. And yet yeah, maybe it's the wrong decision in the grander scheme of things. Maybe it's the wrong decision for the livelihood and well-being emotionally and physically of the player himself. But even that said, you know, the national team are under no obligation to not run him into the ground, but yeah, they're still kind of running him into the ground, even if he's willing, you know, to die with his boots on for his country. Yeah. Most national teams will at least work with the club. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that it's, it, <laughs> that it is, it's especially egregious when it comes to Chile and Alexis Sanchez versus a lot of other players around the world. But I do, I do understand like why Ch Chile is, needs him right now because yeah, they are absolutely. very close to not qualifying for the world cup. And, and I said, this with Seb last week, you know, this is why there needs to be a rule that if you, if ever there's a case where you win a real Copa America and a fake Copa America in consecutive years, you automatically qualify for the world cup. <laughs> That's boy. That is really down the fine. Yeah, it's a very specific clause, but <laughs> very specific clause, but it should be in there at no matter. It should be in there anyway. Yeah. Or just make it at, if you win the Copa America, you get a spot. Well, no, cause that's that, three years before. So things change in three years. Yeah. Mm. The Copa, by winning the Copa America, you qualify for the Confederations Cup, which we all know is the be all end all. <laughs> so. It's like the FIFA Club World Cup of International. Oh my God, that is the worst tournament ever. <laughs> it's the BL end all, Seb. God, it's I hate that tournament so much. Um, it's the BL. So don't watch it, but it's the BL end all. Oh, I'll still watch it. Don't get me wrong. If it's if it's on, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, Man United coming into this in sixth place. They have 18 points. Is this already a must-win game for them? Yeah. Yeah, that that it's is so sad. We're talking, we're match day twelve. Here's here's I have two things. If you want to do anything with your season, um, if you want to do anything with your season, you gotta win this game. That's one thing. Number two is if we're if we aren't gonna do anything with our season, um, and we're just gonna be terrible, like at least give us that we still have that Arsenal card. Like, yeah our manager sucks and we're playing like crap, but at least we still don't lose to Arsenal at home. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think like, that boys, we finished seventh. We still beat Arsenal. We couldn't be anybody in the top four still beat Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, but I, I agree with you because I think that it's a, 
a must win if you're you know if you're still holding out hope of like mounting that challenge ultimately but it's also a must win to to keep the fans and even and maybe even the locker room from like really turning sour grapes on Jose Mourinho not that I don't you know even if it wasn't Arsenal I still want to see all of Jose Mourinho's grapes turn sour and moldy and then just turn into a disgusting swamp in which he like drowns in sour juice but <laughs> I you know especially since it's Arsenal I hope we win it but yeah you have to approach it as a must win game yeah. now that said approaching it as a must win game for Jose Mourinho doesn't necessarily mean any demonstrative change in his tactics of <laughs> bus parking and defense yeah. first but. I mean that that makes me think of I don't know have you watched the new season of South Park at all Yes. Uh, okay. Not the, the most the, episode. Okay. I heard it was terrible. Well, the member berries. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Remember when Jose Mourinho was good? Remember? Remember when remember? we were good remember? too? Remember? Remember? Remember when we had skulls and 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 gigs and spraying long balls to Rooney while he crossed it into Tevez? Yeah. Tevez, man with no heart. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be. I mean, if I were in Elliot's shoes, I would be gloating already. I again, I'm. I'm. They were ready uh, to do that last year. Remember that, and yeah. we beat them. Yeah. yeah. United coming off a three to one win over Swansea, while Arsenal they got a one one draw at home to Tottenham. So, we'll get to our scoring prediction later. Then we got Watford taking on reigning champions Leicester. Um, Jamie Vardy scored for England. So that's good for him. Do you think that's going to sort of get things going for you, even in, in the club level? Uh, who knows? This, it wasn't your typical Jamie Vardy goal. He was like a diving header. It was actually mm-hmm. like really nice, a lot of quality. Well, and that's not to say that he doesn't score with quality, but. No, but it was a very nice goal. A very stupid celebration. Um <laughs> I didn't see it. What was it? They did that mannequin challenge thingy. Oh, yeah. Well, Watford also just lost to a team managed by Jose Mourinho. So, No, they didn't. I'm thinking what? of Swansea. Jesus <laughs> Christ. No, Watford, they got their asses handed to them by Liverpool. 6-1. Boy, the interlull is really uh, playing with your brain here, Paulie. I told you I'm not in a good place right now. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. No, the man you wishes coached Manchester United beat Watford. Yeah, there you go. That's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Watford, I mean, heavily lost their 6-1 against Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, they have been great, but still six. It's never good shipping six goals. Nope. Whereas Leicester, they suffered a defeat of their own against Burnley. Late, late winner there for Burnley in that one. Was no, bad. that was against... Sorry, see, now you're messing with my head. <laughs> it's contagious. God. Burnley played Crystal Palace. Yeah, thank you. They lost against West Brom. That's what it was. God. See, see everyone, welcome, we take welcome a back. Off, we're like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Are we in match day 12, by the way? Yes. We're going into match day 12, right? Yes. Okay, yes. Let me, I'm updating this spreadsheet. Oh, my God. What a cluster. Yeah, so they suffered a 2-1 loss against West Brom. That's what it was. And... Yeah, West Brom actually looked really good in that game. Islam Slomani scored again for them, though. So, I mean, if, if Vardy's not firing in all c- cylinders, at least Slomani's gotten a pretty good start. Uh, but they need to pick up some points here. I mean, really, if, we're, if we take a look at standings, Leicester in 14th place with 12 points. Uh, only two points 
ahead of Hull that are in the relegation zone. Yeah, no, it's weird. Leicester, they've got to figure it out. But again, they're they're going for the Champions League. Yeah. We know that. Okay, so would it be historic if... I'm assuming it would be historic if they've actually got relegated as reigning champions. Oh, yeah. I would be shocked if that was... Has that ever happened? Yeah, it's... Uh... I, well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I would. Maybe, I would maybe a that, century ago. I would Google that, but I'm still busy trying to figure out the last time that Wenger beat Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> so that's currently occupying my googling. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it hasn't happened in the Premier League era, that's for sure. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's ever happened in top flight in England, but. Ah 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 ah. It wouldn't shock me if it's happened it's like in the top 37, five. It's 37-38. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did it not happen to United? The year of the plane crash? Yeah, no, it, no, it was it was Manchester City. The yeah! only teams that have ever been relegated in the season after winning there the league go. title. Nice. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. Screw those blue guys. <laughs> Although this so this is also funny that I mean, granted, my source material here is Wikipedia, so oh. it's the big book of stuff that might okay. not be true. More uh, bring Wikipedia all... is more accurate than Encyclopedia Britannica. Just yeah. letting you know that. Bring out the salt. Uh, did a study, and they found But that. it suggests that they are also the only team to have ever been relegated from the top tier, having scored the most goals that season. God, they must have just, like, had, I don't know, uh, an ant for a goalie or something. Mm. So is it safe to say they conceded the most goals, or did they just like? Yeah, they, they must have. Well, they could oh. have lost a bunch of games, like one nil, and like or like when they won, they won like eight to one. You know, they lost yeah. a bunch of games, like three two, and when they won, they won eleven nil. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's okay. Well, not... here's here's a slightly okay. more uh, reliable source, which actually suggests that it was the yeah it was the 37 38 season after their first man city's first ever league title in the first division which that's was 36 37 that's kind better. of hilarious yeah you know what that means you know what that means no that means that jose Mourinho did not have the worst title defense ever ah last there you year go. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't hire a complete failure Ugh. Yeah, no. he definitely had the worst title defense in Premier League history. Yes, I think that he did. That he did. Okay. Uh, yeah, Watford. I mean, there's. I don't know. I feel like they're gonna. They're gonna struggle. Right now, they're in eighth, but I don't see them keeping that up. Uh, I mean. Really though? No, I a game like that, losing six one, that can really start things snowballing. I, I, yeah, but but you cut it off because they had the two weeks off. So I don't I don't know. It's like a is it better to to get this is the age old question when you have a big loss is it better to get right back out there and forget about it or that you know yeah it's the international break so you can sit to your players right take a few days off go home don't think about it and come back ready to work and we're going to fix this and that's going to go away it depends i i feel like that sort of varies from sport to sport if we were talking hockey i would say i want to play the next night yeah right, but that's because in hockey you can play the next night in soccer you can't do that no that that would so many injuries oh my god 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how. Which is almost, for which is almost why it's almost why I would say, uh, you know, it's good to have that little break. You know, take a break, but then we'll we'll resume later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, it's pretty clear to say that uh, you don't think that Watford are going to have as many players on international duty as Leicester City. Um, you know, though I I just I I think that the international lull was definitely good for them, but nonetheless this looks like a game in which Leicester City are probably still favored, um, despite Watford's strong performances and the current state of the league table between the two. Yep. What, like seven places separating them? Yeah, uh, only three points, so. Yeah. That's well, the nature of the league this year, and probably oh, yeah. for increasingly I mean, years to come. It's, it's tighter and tighter. Yep. Hmm? Moving on, we got a little London derby taking place at White Hart Lane as Tottenham welcome West Ham. And these are the sort of games that can be a bit difficult to predict as all derbies are, really. Uh, motivation can many times beat class. And looking at class right now, Tottenham are definitely the favorites in this one. They sit in fifth place. They are still to uh, have lost a game this season in league play, whereas West Ham, they're down in 17th place. Yeah, this is, I mean, I'm not sure that we can talk about must-win territory for West Ham, but, because eh, I, no, realistically, look, like, realistically, at this point, they're absolutely not getting relegated, but also realistically, they're not going to be challenging for the top four the way we thought they were, so, yeah, on the face of it, when you're sitting only one point above the drop, it's hard not to call any game, anything but a must win. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're they're not they're not really going to be mired in the muck of it at the end of the season facing relegation. But they're also not going to be, I, I think, not even challenging for an Europa League spot, even if they put it together at this point. You know, are we about to play must win, can't lose? Yeah, like must win versus can't lose. It's, yeah, it's yeah, can't lose. Hey, just don't lose it, West Ham. You know, yeah. Tottenham haven't exactly been really good at beating people recently. So yeah. just, you know, keep doing that. Yeah. I mean, and also that they've been really good at drawing people recently. Mm-hmm. More draws yeah. than anybody else in the league. By, yeah, six, well, not by far, just by one. Yeah, but still six draws in 11 games and you're considering yourself a title challenger, then I don't know. Well, but I mean, God, I hate I hate it when I have to speak on Tottenham's behalf. But I'm gonna try, <laughs> I'm gonna pretend at least to impartiality for a moment to yes. try and do so. And that, while I agree with you, right, that it, like that's not the form of a title contender. That is the kind of form that you would expect from a team that wants to contend to the title but hasn't put it all together yet, right? Like you know, without Harry Kane for a while, and then also without Harry Kane in truly top form. I I I really want to believe me. I want nothing more than to write Tottenham out of the title race this season. But I don't think that we can do that yet because I I seriously think that there's a narrative in which we look back in the last few weeks and say, "Wow, they did really well by you know not losing any games despite struggling mightily." 
and you know we could see them really putting it together at the end we don't know we don't know but uh but i agree that like things need to change at white hart lane if they're to be taken seriously as title contenders that is for damn sure but it's a little too early to say you guys are pretenders to the throne not actual challengers for it that I agree with. Yes, we were way too. It's still early enough that they're still in the race. Absolutely, they're five points behind Liverpool. So, yeah. Um, but they need to convert some of those draws into wins. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, uh, West Ham. I mean, we keep coming back to the same old player there, Dimitri Payet. And I mean, even if he's on form, is that going to be enough for them to even? get into the top half fix the defense and then we'll talk yeah yeah hmm. yeah but i mean he's he's like i'm even though i'm not a huge baseball fan i'm reminded of the like the wins above replacement statistic and he, he's got to have you know if you were to try to eke out some kind of analogous stat for the premier league he would have to be right up there at the very top you know, not just because he's so dangerous. From I mean, they kind of have it. It's winning percentage with the player and winning percentage well, without it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> precisely. But it, but he's just, I mean, like he he's the player that, and again, at this point, it's old hat. It's like saying, you know, <laughs> that Tottenham play at Whitehead Lane. Duh, we know that. Dimitri Payet could change this game. Duh, we know that. But uh, we'll see. He's mm-hmm. he's certainly a brilliant player to watch, that's for sure, even if West Ham themselves on the whole are struggling. Yeah, so that's the late game on Saturday, 12.30 a.m. or p.m. kickoff uh, on NBC. Or is cool. it on USA? It, no, the late game, it's on... Uh, the late game doesn't get relegated to, to USA. I don't know. It says USA-NBC. No, it's on NBC. But if you're watching that, you're missing out on... Bayern Munich and and Dortmund. So, <laughs> uh, well. tell you what, I'll be watching. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Then Sunday we got Middlesbrough taking on Chelsea, and uh, yeah, Chelsea in second place, five straight wins, five consecutive clean sheets. They're a locomotive. Yeah, man, they're good. So they're good. good. So good. And they, you know. Um, I don't really want to get very into this, but Chelsea was playing a certain way this year. Uh, and it was going okay, maybe, but not great. And then all of a sudden their manager decided, you know what? Screw it. We're better. We're going to be, we're going to switch to a three, four, three formation. And because all the players on the team are professional football players. They just said, oh, okay, this is the way you want us to play. And they went out there and did it, and now they're world beaters. So it is possible to switch to a back three and just pick up and not miss a beat and actually play well. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, it could be, too, that Conte is, since he's more familiar with the system, sort of like that, a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2, that he's more capable of instructing the players, too like what he wants them to do. So I think there was definitely the right move made by him and they've looked amazing. There's some question marks about Eden Hazard and Diego Costa and their fitness. Um, as they were both, they picked up some knocks during internationals. And I mean, that would be a big blow for them. 
Uh, yeah, but these stories always happen. Like, oh, he picked up a knock during the international, so now there's questions over his fitness. Oh, Chelsea are going to have to assess him when he gets back to training. And then he comes back, he starts, they'll be fine. Hmm. Maybe some of those famous uh, injections, you know, and you're good to go. Scary stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Middlesbrough, I mean, they're they're on pace to stay up. Um, you know, nothing too exciting there. 11 points in 11 games. Earned draws against both Manchester City and Arsenal. Did we lose Elliot? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. You can talk I... about Middlesbrough then. <laughs> uh, if you, I mean, yeah, if you twist my arm. <laughs> oh actually fun fact they were the team that uh that condemned city when i was reading earlier to their relegation back in 38 oh, there you go so yeah i'll talk about middlesbrough if you twist my arm but it'll be early 20th century i guess mid 20th century Middlesbrough. i mean can you but can you really pick any way besides uh chelsea running out strong victors i don't i don't think we can nope <laughs> no okay moving on monday yeah, I talked about Middlesbrough. brad guzan will be looking at another lopsided score oh god yeah well he's not gonna play Rough days to be him <laughs> no i didn't say he's gonna be picking the ball out of his net i just thought he's gonna be looking at it okay from the bench okay okay <laughs> where he belongs okay through that yeah then Monday, we got West Bromwich Albion going up against Burnley. And, uh, yeah. How did this game make the list of things we were going to talk about? Because it's on Monday. <laughs> it's its own game. That's the only game yeah. on Monday. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the standalone, I guess I guess it gets points for that. Yes. Um. <laughs> Burnley doing well, though, as newcomers. They're up in ninth place. They got 14 points. Um... Yeah, two England what? internationals in the squad. This game is the Premier League's equivalent of Thursday night football. Like how the NFL just goes, just because we're putting it on, we're going to test whether you're you're actually going to watch it. That's what the Premier League's doing right now. Are those Monday games... afternoon, just just because we're putting it on, are you going to actually watch it? And the answer for me is probably not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I agree with you, but I think that that Friday Friday night football in the Premier League is maybe even more of an equivalent. <laughs> Uh, no, that's it's a new they put good games on. It, look, the, the the difference between Thursday night and the NFL is is they put crappy teams there on three days rest. Friday they at least you know they're playing on their normal amount of rest. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that this is a game that you hope you hope to see some magic from the newly promoted side in order to break down the awfulness that is Tony Pulis. Um, they but, still don't have an away win, though. Yeah, I. It's the. This is. I. I tell you what. I'm. I, I'm heading out to fly. Fly back to the Midwest on a red eye for Thanksgiving that night, and I will be doing other things in preparation for leaving than watching this game on Monday afternoon, despite the comfortable 1 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. I mean, can have lunch. Let's, let's sum this up well. Um, Manchester United are actually very interested in um, in Burnley defender and now uncapped England international, Will Keane. 
Well, Keen or Michael Keen? Michael, Michael Keen. Right? They're bringing him back Michael. too. So, so they are interested in bringing him back, especially because they their defenders are injured, and as soon as Eric Bailly gets back, she's gonna have to go to the African Cup of Nations. So that could be the second player within a year that United pays a king's ransom to bring back after letting them leave their academy for almost nothing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much Burnley ended up playing for him. It says that it was an undisclosed fee. Yeah, that means, like, buy me dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but hope, I mean, I don't, well, let's see. Who was in charge then? 25th, Woodward, right? I was Van Hall. Van Hall let him go. Most oh, of it, yeah. But I'm saying that Woodward was in charge. So was he smart enough to put a buyback clause in? Probably not. No, God, no. It was wasn't it a loan that just became permanent because it was like yeah we're not going to use you anyway. Yep. Yeah, there's no buyback clause there. I mean that's what I like with some teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona. They always put that buyback clause in. Yeah. Maybe yeah. on like a, maybe we put in a sell-on fee, so like <laughs> you know we would we would get ten percent of whatever he sold. For. You get ten. I mean, you get a little <laughs> discount. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal did both with uh, Cesc Fabregas in terms of first rights to buy back and meet any other offer, and then also, like, proceeds of profits on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Woodward is going to use his American Express and get some points. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> mind seeing Keen back, though. I wouldn't mind seeing Keen back. No, I wouldn't either. And uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Oh, come on. Why do they play that in January? Who knows? I also, I also feel like the African Cup of Nations is like every other year. <laughs> just, yeah. just, they're always playing that goddamn thing. Mm. So, yeah, Burnley looking for their first away win. Uh, West Brom coming off that 2-1 win over Leicester. Um I mean, we'll get to it in predictions, that's for sure. Um, yeah, let's jump over. Uh, we'll start with Manchester United against Arsenal. 2-1 to one Arsenal. Ooh, Seb. There are definitely going to be goals in this game, but I'm, I'm just too cautious with... Uh, I mean, especially with a combination of not feeling like Arsene Wenger will or even should pick Alexis in the starting 11, and also, you know, like questions about Bellerin being injured and yeah, but you neither. Get, you'll get lucky. Mesut Ozil is going to, like, slam a free kick onto the head of Giroud, and he's like, oh, what happened? Oh, I scored a goal. Yay. <laughs> Before or after Marouane Fellaini elbows Mesut Ozil in the face. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm... I'm saying 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw. Because Skodron Mustafi also is coming off of a full 90 minutes from Germany and with a, you know, tired at center half with a right back who looks totally out of his depth in Carl Jenkinson. Although Debushi might actually end up playing there, which would be better. And then I think, Seb, maybe there's a chance that it'll be 2-1, but I'm still going 2-2 draw. We have a center back that looks out of his depth in... Um... Marcus Rojo, so. 
Nevertheless, I'm going 1-1 draw because Mourinho doesn't lose to Arsene Wenger, but he doesn't win games either. So he'll lock it down, play lockdown defense. 1-1 draw. Uh, I would also say, Seb, this is your week to catch up in the standings because Elliot and both both me and Elliot, our brains are like mush right now. Yeah. <laughs> so... This is this is your week, Seb. Man, I'm tired. I am tired to too. Up. I've spent way too much time this weekend putting together IKEA furniture. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry that you're Swedish and contractually obligated to buy IKEA furniture. <laughs> yeah, got it. There's no rule that says you have to support the homeland. Ah, there is. I mean, they furniture is okay. It's a good price. Got a new bed frame, but man, that was a lot of pieces to put together. Ooh, Seb, here's, here is an aside question for you. Yes. Have you ever had, and if so, what do you think of the Swedish meatballs at Ikea? They're okay. They're like fast food meatballs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's about the speed of the answer I was expecting. Also, no. not surprisingly. Oh, my God. Polly, you sound whoa, whoa, horrible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Polly has been possessed. Yes, he's been possessed. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... No, no, it's it still sounds like Cerberus trying to speak without yeah. having a language center in his brain. Yep. Maybe maybe Polly will come back to us in a moment. No, but I mean, the, honestly, the IKEA restaurant, it's a good deal. We were there on Monday, yeah. so it was Meatball Monday, so it was two bucks. Yeah, Did you go to for Meatball Monday? No, we went there for the bed frame, and then I happened to see that it was Meatball Monday, so I was like, hey, let's just eat while we're here. Okay. Yeah. Voila. Yep. Anyway, uh, yes. not surprisingly, considering where he is in the standings, Seb forgot to inform everybody on the standings, and he has to catch up. Yeah, I have 68 points, Paul, you have 78, and Elliot, you're in the lead with 85. I gotta catch Elliot this week. I'm not gonna do it, because I can't even think of... I can't think straight, but... Oh, and it's the week after an international break. Alright, let's get to it. 1-1, one, yep. one, out of the Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Next up on the docket, Crystal Palace against Manchester City. Yeah, I mean... I mean, just looking at the standings, it should be a slam dunk for City. Yeah. I mean, and beyond just looking at the standings, I think it should be a slam dunk for City. I, I mean, again, we, like, we've talked about this. Uh, I looked at the standings the last week, and... When they played Middlesbrough, and that's <laughs> for City. Yeah, touche, touche. A couple I weeks mean, before that, when they played Southampton or Everton. Will their quality tell, or will Pep's con- struggles continue? I think their quality will tell. I'm yes. going two nothing. Ooh, two nothing. I'm going four one City. I was actually, I was gonna go two nothing until Seb said it, but I'm just gonna stick with it because think of a new score. It's too difficult. <laughs> Then league leaders Liverpool, I know Polly cringed a little now. Uh, they go to St. Mary's to take on Southampton. Southampton pretty good defensively, but Liverpool they've just been scoring in bunches. Three-one um, Liverpool. Again, Jesus, damn it! All right, so I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna go two-one to Liverpool, but both goals from. Sadio Mane. Mm. Uh, you know, I think that I think that this is going to be where Liverpool drop points. I think that the Saints at home are 
going to be able to to at least eke out a point. And we've already talked about, you know, streaky, streaky Liverpool. They play beautifully as a team more so than any other team in the league right now. But I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw. Maybe I'm just on a 2-2 draw kick. Maybe maybe I just can't stop picking the same scoreline. Uh, God, everything about the past week has put my brain into it. <laughs> it's so hard for me to concentrate on this damn game. <laughs> hmm. Then, Watford against Leicester. Yeah, this... No, Leicester, they, they have that. They have this. Um, two nothing. Uh, I'm I I think they concede, but I'm gonna I'm still gonna give them three points. Two one. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do something that I don't think any of us have done all season. Scoreless draw. Yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> no nil. No, I I think I've predicted a scoreless draw once. You might have. Uh, yeah. Well, that doesn't bode well for you, Paulie. <laughs> well, no, it just means that, I mean, we are due for one. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, obviously, we've had a few, so. Yep. Then we got Bob Bradley, Swansea. Do you travel to Goodison Park to take our Neverton? Sorry, Bob. Yeah, sorry, Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're... they're... I got Lukaku as my captain this week in fantasy, so I need a good game from him. So, um, three, two, one, Neverton. I'm going to say 2 0, Everton. I'm leaning that way. I, just, I need to check some things. I'm going to go 2 1. To, to the Blues. Not a good week for American managers. Mm-hmm. So Tim Howard leaves the Premier League and then viewership goes down. Hmm. 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 Uh, I don't think he could have been that big of a draw. I, I mean, I think he was... He. I, I know a lot of people who started supporting Everton because of him in the last course of the last decade, but... Poor uh, bastards. Yeah, yeah know, he right. should have gotten on the train when he went to United. Yep, right? exactly. <laughs> then Stoke Could City. Could have seen five Premier League titles then. Yeah. Stoke against Bournemouth. What can Stoke do here? Stoke. They can, Boy, pick, they can pick up a win. That's what they can do. I, I don't know. I. Or do you think I'll... Bournemouth are going to be so fired up after losing to Sunderland? I think it's uh, going to be a combination of the club Bournemouth being fired up and also Arnautovic being kind of pissy about the way things went with Austria and getting a hothead, maybe even getting sent off, but not playing his fluid best and Bournemouth end up taking a two to one win. That is almost as specific as the, if you win a real Copa and a fake Copa in back-to-back mm-hmm. years thing. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I got to go out on a occasion. Yeah. So you got you got two to one Bournemouth with Arnautovic getting sent off. So you don't get all the points unless he gets sent off. <laughs> oh no! Screw that! No, no, no. He doesn't get said maybe, maybe Arnautovic <laughs> gets sent off. Uh, yeah, I'll go two one Stout. All right. 
next up, Sunderland taking on Hull. Man, this is a this is Board quite show. quite the like, fixture, huh? Quite the fixture. This is going to be a scoreless draw. Boom. Zero, zero, zero. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think that this is going to be one where they both know how much it means. And then they're going to end up getting like caught pressing high up the pitch for a goal and get hit on the counterattack. And I just, I'm not, you know, despite snatching a victory, the stadium lights is not so much of a fortress as it is a house of matchsticks. So Hull City win 2-1. Yeah, no, Elliot's right. Uh, it's a relegation six-pointer. And this is going to be – This is, I actually just – I just convinced myself this is probably going to be one of the more fun games of the weekend because eventually this is going to be one with late goals and, like, teams – like, defense is going to be optional towards the end of this game. It's going to be 3-2. I just haven't decided who's going to win it yet. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you have to pick at least a goal in this game. Seb right now is just copying me. With the with the goalless draw thing, you have to pick a goal when Jermaine Defoe is involved. No. Oh God. Uh, I'm no, gonna go Sunderland. No. <laughs> no. I'm gonna go Sunderland. Mm? Not you know what, Mick Feeling. I'm gonna go Hull. <laughs> <laughs> that would talk, come, on, that, come on, Paul. You're just playing defense with me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If anything, that would be a you know what. Minus. You never want to change your first intuition. So we'll go Sunderland oh just because God. you guys are. <laughs> Because of you guys peer pressuring me, and because if you always go with your first answer. Yep. Yeah, there you go. First okay. and third in this case. Yeah. Tottenham West Ham 1 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we, we're all going to, it's going to be down the line. <laughs> yep. And then how many goals can Chelsea score on Middlesbrough? God. I mean, if Guzan was in this match. We could be looking Ten. at du double figures, yeah. Um, Victor Valdez like will be in, and he's a significantly better goalkeeper than Brad Guzan. So away game coming off of an international break. It doesn't matter. They played so well. I'm gonna go well. four, four nil. This is good because Chelsea's gonna come out and lay an egg now, and we're all gonna look like idiots. But at the same time, that's good. Yeah, that's a good thing for the rest yes. of everybody, except for those of us that would rather Chelsea win the league over Man City or Liverpool. They're not gonna. They're not gonna blow them out by that, but they're gonna win two nil Chelsea. Then I'll go in the middle with three. That's true. Millsboro have been good recently. All right, one more. Mm. West Brown against Burnley. I just want Burnley to win an away game. One nothing Burnley. Mm. Sam Vokes. I don't think that's happening. No, I, I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen either. But if I'm gonna catch up to you guys too, I need something to go my way. And Burnley winning that would certainly help. You know what? I'm gonna jump on the bandwagon. No, nil nil draw. Nil nil draw. Now we can both pick Burnley. Oh, uh, nil nil draw. Okay, cool. Everybody's got a nil nil draw, and that's good. You're picking a nil nil. Oh yeah, scroll. I'm going with the Elliot rules. One one nil to West Brom. Someone is getting points in this game. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be Burnley. Uh, <laughs> All right. Final takes, y'all? Yeah, final take. 
I mean, I got to bring up, I sent you the link to the video, Syria played Iran in the uh, <laughs> in the World Cup qualifiers. For some reason, the Asian Federation thought it was a good idea to put it in Malaysia during rainy season, and it was an absolute sh- shit show. Yeah. I mean, that pitch, I mean, the referee should never allow that game to even start. That was so bad. I mean... It's probably better than hosting it in Syria, but... Uh... <laughs> yes, yeah. but don't put it in Malaysia during rainy season. Yeah. Yep, so that's mine. Elliot? Well, uh, so... You know, granted, every story has two sides, but this one comes from two former Arsenal players, former teammates... William Gallus and Samir Nasri. Did you, did you guys hear about this? No. Yo, what's up with Samir Nasri just dropping like all of his opinions on every other team besides his own? Recently? Oh well, no, well this this is uh, this actually is from the perspective of Gallus because apparently Samir Nasri attempted to have William Gallus tased by nice. uh, yeah. So they were, I mean, they were never friends, and I I mentioned this uh, earlier on this show in previous episodes that as a budding French international Nasri sat in Thierry Henry's seat in the French national team bus and refused to give it up and had a confrontation with William Gallus when Gallus said, uh, no son, like that's, that's not for you. And they never really liked each other since then. And in fact, Nasri revealed that for a year when they were Arsenal teammates, they didn't speak at all. But then Gallus said, just this past week that there was an incident in 2009 in Paris when he was at a hotel with his family and he wrecked like a bunch of people came up to him said oh you know Samir wants to talk to you around the corner and he recognized one of them as somebody he'd seen at the training ground at London Colney with Arsenal and then one of his friends said to him who is a policeman said to him in Creole, you know, maybe you should not go to the car down the street where they say Samir Nasri is. And, but the, and this is where it gets a little sketchy. It's like, I quote, I took a small look to the side and I see someone squatting with a bag in the bag. There were tasers. I do not know why. So, you know, maybe Samir Nasri tried to get William Gallus tased. Maybe not. Either way, it's absurd and hilarious. And Samir Nasri is just like, man, one of my favorite former Arsenal players to just take a dump all over because he just seems like a garbage human. Well, as you know, throughout the show, I've been Googling when the last time Arsene Wenger won against Jose Mourinho (laughs) in the Premier League was, and I just came across the answer. The answer is never, never. He's never beaten him. So let's hope that continues. Yeah, I, uh, I I have to admit, Paulie, that I knew that, but I didn't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Sib Noren, Paulie's peak was still WFAN, and Elliot is Keats was better. So we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye.
Wonder. How on earth did that happen?